Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. I've interviewed a few cookbook authors here and there, and there's this question that always seems to come up when talking to people cooking outside of the Western tradition about quote-unquote authenticity, which is why I love this one moment in today's interview with Marcella Valladolid, the chef and Food Network star. Her new cookbook is Familia, which is focused on Mexican recipes to make for your family. One of those recipes includes an arugula salsa. And here and now is Deepa Fernandez asks, is arugula a classic salsa ingredient? And she replies simply, nope. It's just true to who she is as a mom in California with people to cook for. And what's more authentic than that? That's after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor Live Right, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, Treachery, and Survival at the Edge of the World by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Have you always wanted to try to cook Mexican food at home but don't know where to start? Well, we have a suggestion. Food Network fans will recognize Emmy-nominated chef Marcela Valladolid from her time on The Kitchen and Best Baker in America. But Valladolid has deep roots in Mexico, which she taps for the online cooking classes that she runs with her sister Karina. And she also has a new cookbook, which gives would-be chefs recipes to share with family and friends. It's called Familia, and Marcela Valladolid joins me now. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. And I'm thrilled to have you on to talk to us. But I want to start at a place that I have to say made me a little bit sad. And it was something that you said in your introduction, and I'm going to quote here. As a Mexican cook trying to make it in America, I felt I simply didn't have the voice to fight back when something felt inauthentic. I used to think I had to change who I was to find an audience. I want to ask you, have things changed? I mean, we look at you as this famous Food Network chef. You've now got a book. Have you been able to find that voice? Absolutely. And the first thing I have to say with regards to that quote, I have nothing but gratitude for everything I've ever done. And I've always taken full responsibility for the fact that when I was on the Food Network, you're part of this huge, massive machine. And in that moment, it meant that I had to cater to a certain audience. And I did it for close to, God, maybe 15 years And then I was like, Mm. I just need to cook the foods that I cook at home. You know what? Honestly, I don't think anybody wakes up and is like, hmm, how am I going to squash the authenticity of this chef? You know, I don't think anybody wakes up and does that. I think I just needed to be more self-confident and use my voice. And the way I did that was just cooking my recipe for my people and my followers. Well, maybe also you sum that up in the subtitle of your book, which is 125 foolproof Mexican recipes to feed your people. And I wonder if you can just talk about how food can maintain and strengthen ties. Oh my goodness. I realized that during pandemic and we started doing these cooking classes. And um, for me, it was honestly just a way I was like, I'm just going to cook my food and whoever, if it's two people showing up, great. If it's 200, great. I didn't know it was going to be 1500, but whatever. And I realized very quickly that it was about what you just said, because the feedback I was getting 
It was about how we were connecting as a community, how people were being taken back home with the steps and procedures to produce a recipe that felt very authentic and reminded them about what their mom used to cook them or what they ate back home in Oaxaca or Puebla or San Miguel or donde sea. Mm. Like, I realized the importance of it. And it was much more than me teaching them enchiladas, chiles rellenos, arroz rojo. Like, it was so much more than that. It was about connection. And that, in turn, became my biggest motivator in writing and developing these recipes. So I do want to ask you what you think maybe is one of the the most common misperceptions about Mexican food. The one I've struggled with from the beginning, that it's not healthy. And if you stick to the traditional methods of how things are done, some of them that have been around literally since pre-Hispanic times, it's a very, very, very healthy and balanced cuisine if you're working with the right ingredients, the right recipes, and the right procedures. And that is the perfect way to transition into some of the recipes in your book. And I have really enjoyed, and maybe my family even more, that this week has been cocina mexicana in my household as I Mm. have used familia to cook. I want to ask you a little bit, but I want to start with a Mexican ingredient, achiote. It's a secret ingredient in the taco filling that we all love, al pastor. So tell me about achiote. It comes in a little box. And my little box that I found buried in the Mexican grocery store says spiced anato seed paste. Tell yes, me about exactly. This. Exactly. It's an anato seed from the anato tree and it's ground up into the paste. What you're getting probably has some seasonings in addition to the natural anato. I feel it's very pronounced in flavor. So for me, it has to endure some sort of low and slow cooking method to take out the raw flavor of the anato. And then you get this beautiful, smoky, very peculiar, very recognizable taste of the anato and that beautiful red color. It's a fabulous ingredient. Yeah. Well, I look forward to it. It's a key in the al pastor, as I mentioned. And yes. my husband loves that. So I'm going to try that one. But let's talk about some of your others. I made some salsas and one was chiles de arbol. Oh, my gosh, that was so spicy and yes. delicious. And then, Marcela, I tried the arugula salsa, which just had yes. such a tangy bite. And it, it kind of blew all our minds. Is arugula a common salsa ingredient? It is absolutely not. And the purists are turning (laughs) over in their grave. That's why I think this book is so good because so much of it kind of really speaks to who I am as a California mom cooking for people from my garden in California. Oh, I love it. Well, that one was a huge hit. Let's talk about chiles because there are so many wonderful varieties and, and they show up in all your recipes. So in addition to the jalapeño that I think everybody knows, chile de árbol, poblanos, chipotles, ancho, guajillo, there are so many. Do you have any simple tips as we navigate the world of chiles, both in terms of flavor and, and I guess, picanteness or, or spiciness? The classic tip is use the tip of your tongue to taste the chile and see how you feel. But the reality is, especially with dehydrated chiles, their flavor develops over time. You just have to cook yeah. with them and experiment with them to really understand and the nuances. And some lean towards chocolatey, some lean towards uh, ciruela. How do you say ciruela in English? Um, ¿Cómo se dice ciruela? Uh, prune. More prune-ish flavors. It's really about becoming friends with the chiles that are available to you. 
the greener ones, the fresher ones you want to use in fresh salsa, but at the same time, charring them like a poblano develops so much flavor. The dehydrated chilies, maybe a good tip to know is that people are used to cooking them, but you can actually use them in fresh salsas like chile de arbol. So it's just about really just getting to know them. Let's talk about the whipped queso fresco. You partner that with some salmon kebabs and yes. that salmon kebab marinade recipe. That was amazing with chipotle adobe and maple syrup and garlic. But the whipped queso fresco, talk about that because it's a cheese-based, almost like a just this lovely little puffy puree that the salmon yes. sits on. Yes, I've just always loved the flavor of queso fresco so, so much. And I was like, I want a different texture for this. It's very coarse and it can feel very dry. So I was like, what if I just whip it? And that's just usually how I come up with recipes. I like, it's a lot about what about questions that are being answered in my head. And like I said, it's just a cheese that I've known since childhood. And I just wanted to experience it in a different way. Now, I've got a question about frijoles. I tried your frijoles de olla, which was really good. And then I went the next step to make frijoles machacados, kind of like refried beans. My family loved all of them. But I wonder if you can tell me the difference between using canned beans versus soaking the dried beans. Does doing it from scratch with dry beans lead to a better result, do you think? Uh, no. The only difference that you will find, which might give you a slightly better result, is that you can control seasonings, salt, or whatever it is that you wish to add if you're working with a raw ingredient. For me, and I talk about this in my classes a lot, seasoning and layers is so important. So if you start off with the raw ingredient, it's just more of an opportunity to season every single layer of that dish. Marcella, what would you say to people who maybe live somewhere where they don't have a Mexican grocery store? Listen, online, it is scary how you can find stuff that I can't even find at my local Mexican market these days. Like I got crickets on Amazon the other day, and I'm not the biggest fan of Amazon. I'm always about shopping local, but that is no longer an excuse. I feel like you can find everything online these days if you know where to look. Excellent. Well, I encourage people to get some achiote paste because uh, that one is revolutionizing my kitchen. And just to end, what's next for Marcela Valladolid? I think I've just really enjoyed the process of writing this book. So I'm already thinking about the next one. My brand, Casa Marcela, and working with artisans across Mexico and bringing their products to my audience has been one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. There's so much on the plate. And they just sent me a proposal for another TV show. And I'm like, I don't know. Oh. I don't know if I want to do that again. I don't have a plan. I'm a day-by-day, go with the flow, have fun, and just do what you feel like doing sort of gal. Marcela Valladolid's new book is Familia, 125 foolproof Mexican recipes to feed your people. Marcela, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was wonderful talking to you. All right, before we wrap up, the end of the year is coming up, and we're reflecting a bit here at Book of the Day, and we're also looking ahead to everything we'll dig into in 2024, hopefully with your financial support. This is where we want to say a big thank you to our new Book of the Day Plus supporters and anyone listening who already donates to public media. Your support ensures that everyone has free access to reliable news and podcasts, including those who can't afford to give this season. And to anyone out there who isn't a supporter yet, right now is the time to get behind the NPR network, especially with our journalists gearing up for an important election year. So join NPR Plus 
or make a tax-deductible donation now at donate.npr.org books. Thanks! All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Acorn TV. Acorn TV is brilliant television told brilliantly. From charmingly cozy mysteries to daringly dark dramas. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. Acorn TV. Brilliant. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch.